All right. Look. Episode 17, Matt. Can you believe it? No, because you, uh, you actually just started that off perfectly as soon as I hit record. So I'm impressed at how good we are getting at this right now, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, welcome back, everyone. I can't believe it's been 17 weeks since we got everything on Apple and iTunes. And like you wanted us to mention, all 20 streaming platforms. So 20. Yeah, you heard that right. 20. Yeah, there is now 20. Um, of us somewhere <laughs> you literally cannot i don't want to hear any bullshit excuses as oh i've never I, I i don't have a streaming platform to listen to you guys listen we've covered all bases if you have an iphone 3 you could listen to us yeah, literally <laughs> peter went out of his way today and put us up on like double the amount that we were already on we were up like eight to nine before so now you guys could literally listen to us on everything Shout out the quick little plug in the beginning. Yeah, I was supposed to be doing my actual job, but I was doing this instead, so that's all right. <laughs> Shout out everyone from um, service management listening. <laughs> but um, how, Peter, what'd you do today? Uh, let them know that you're about to go on vacation. You don't have to tell them where, but yeah, no, that's all right. They can they can know. I'm going to Vermont for a week. I'm really excited just to you know get out of the city. I love the outdoors and all that kind of stuff. I love maple syrup, so that's always a plus. And uh, you better bring me back some. <laughs> when am i ever gonna see you <laughs> yeah you know what's funny peter we actually haven't even like you said this to me the other day we haven't even linked up really like like we've talked Yo. virtually probably the last three or four months maybe i don't know it's insane but i'm just really excited like um it, the best part is like we're still getting our stuff out there that's like the main thing to me too like we'll be on We'll be on like a little sabbatical, but like you'll still be able to see all of our stuff, catch up on stuff that you didn't oh, see. Oh yeah, if you, you thought know. that um, we were going anywhere just because Peter's going on vacation, you're crazy. We're dropping this episode. Uh, we're recording on Saturday. We'll come out on Monday, so you'll hear us then. And there will be stuff on YouTube as always. So don't go anywhere, TTLers. <laughs> but yeah, Peter, I played. Um, I wanted to tell you two things before we started off this podcast. For anyone listening that watches Power, I just started it. I don't know if you've seen it before. No, I haven't. It is actually fire. I recommend you start it so we could talk about it. And this man, I just want to say before you go into the second part, I've been thinking that this man has been like absolutely just like over his head, like everything. And he just said to me before last night, he was like, my bad, I was watching Power. And then he just said to me 10 minutes ago, my bad, I, my bad, I was playing The Last of Us or whatever. <laughs> I was so ingrained. Like, yeah, I'm thinking this dude is like writing essays and shit like I know, that. Not even. You, think, you would think that I'm at least taking advantage of my college experience and going out, but no, I'm sitting at home watching Power. And today, I was, that was my second point. I sat at home all day and played The Last of Us, finally beat it. Everyone that plays the game is like, oh, it's been six months, but amazing game so i'm in the best mood right now peter and then we're about to talk sports like and then this is episode 17 like nothing could get better than this day God. <laughs> i just love the i just love the energy and i i couldn't agree with you more i'm about to go on vacation like this is the last recording until well i say like it's the last recording like it's gonna be a month but we're literally gonna be on the same schedule anyway but it feels like it though because we're always like working so yeah it's gonna be nice but um, what do you say, Matt? I think we jump right into it. Yeah, it's probably the biggest, it. probably the biggest story of the week. Yeah, I'm tight that our um, our podcast air weekly, so like I wish we could have reacted to this, I guess, more soon because it kind of happened. Uh, it's still like, a big issue. No, though, it's like, definitely relevant, but I mean, it happened a little while ago. Just to let people know, everyone knows about the Fernando Tati situation. Whether or not you're a baseball fan or not, you've definitely seen this in some way or another because of just how crazy the Padres have played like after this and everything that's been going on. Um, Bro, it, it's funny because it's things like that that just like spark a team 
they could literally win a championship off of that. Remember what happened when Joe Girardi got thrown out against the Braves in 2009 and they went on that tear and they wound up winning the World Series? Like, no, it's literally the smallest thing. And it's, like, enhanced now because it's, it is a 60-game season. So, like, any sort of momentum you could just, like, yeah. ride off of. And they have a pretty talented team, the Padres. So, that is a really good point. But um, what? Yeah, I'll just – we'll react to it. Uh, I guess we're both in agreement here that that is the dumbest unwritten rule we're pretty much saying what everyone else is. The the main reason why I think it's the most <clears throat> pardon me. Per, first off, there's a lot of unwritten rules in baseball. And right there, right then and there, a sport that has a lot of unwritten rules or like etiquette. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have etiquette when you're playing a sport and be professional, but that's such a fuddy duddy thing. Yeah. Like a th- not swinging on 3-0 is such a fuddy-duddy thing. Like, that's such a 1940s, like, satchel page type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that doesn't fly in today's, in today's game where the ball is tightly wound and you could sneeze on the ball and it goes 500 feet. Mm-hmm. You need to score as many runs however you can as possible. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I agree with pretty much what everyone's saying, that it's ridiculous. It's just funny to me how, like, when we're talking about unwritten rules in baseball, it's when it seems like the sport's most relevant, like obviously the Houston Astros and the sign stealing being like an unwritten rule that people all always sign steal, just not to that extent. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of, this is my biggest thing, my takeaway from the whole thing that everyone's kind of like missing, I feel like almost. Um, why is it that they're acting like the Padres were up 92 runs? Like people have come back from seven run games before after hitting yeah. it, obviously 11. So like, why is was he not allowed to swing at a? First of all, don't don't throw the ball down the middle if you don't want it to get hit. Like, or I don't don't s- get into a three zero count with the bases loaded, yeah. where you literally have to throw a cookie over the middle. <laughs> yeah, like, like that was so, like they're blaming everyone. I mean, they're blaming Fernando Tatis, but not pointing the finger at anyone else and whose fault it is. That's what's oh, crazy. This, about there it. literally should be there should be no issue here. There should be no finger pointing. There should be nothing. It should have been just a regular play in a baseball game. There's no reason why this should even be news if you really think about it because it's, wow, um, you know, Tatis hit a grand slam on 3-0 and they were already up, what were they, up seven? So seven, you know yeah. what? Like, we, we've even seen not even a couple weeks ago, the Ray, I'm pretty sure it was the Rays beating the Blue Jays 7 nothing, and the Blue Jays came back and won 9-7. Yeah, no, but uh, right there, there's, there's a, a testament there was to another always game. swing the bat. There was another game this year also that was seven-run differential that someone came back from. But, yeah, it's not like – if it was um, – honestly, I even – like when I was playing CYO basketball, when I, I'm reminiscing right here, but when I was playing CYO basketball in like sixth grade, I remember even the coach telling me like it doesn't matter how many how many points you guys are up, you're gonna play like the, the, you just tipped off. Like you need to That's have like that the greatest quality. advice that you can give to someone too, yeah. especially an athlete. And but seven runs is seven runs is nothing in yeah. today's base. Like honestly, seven runs is like 20 years ago, like two. Like that's why that's why I feel like seven runs is like yeah. I mean, back. to play devil's advocate, like they probably weren't going to come back regardless, but you should oh, still yeah. play to win. You shouldn't. What are you going to take? Like, I'm happy that Fernando Tatis is swinging and and trying to crush the ball. Like, why are people not applauding this? I actually liked um, our favorite team, Aaron Boone's response to it. Like, he was kind of just like, "You could do that over here all you want." <laughs> like, I love that. Another thing that I was thinking too. I, I kind of like I took this and went like 25 extra miles with this. You're going to be like, what the hell? Who even thinks about that? Mm-hmm. So think about it like this, right? Say Tatis knows that a pitch is coming, right? 3-0, they're up seven, bases loaded. He knows the pitch is coming down the middle. He takes it because it's an unwritten rule. It's not polite to swing 3-0. Then the next pitch he grounds 
uh, into a double play. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, inning over, say. You know what I mean? Inning over, uh, Texas comes back, makes it a closer game. Then the Padres are going to have to use their high leverage relievers, and then that impacts the next game. So where the, the Padres could win today's game and then win tomorrow's game because they're also using their high leverage relievers, now that's wiped out. Now you can't use those high leverage guys because you didn't swing the bat on 3-0 when you knew the pitch was coming. That is a great – I didn't even realize – you're right, I didn't think about that because, like, for instance – yeah, I mean, I'm not really familiar with who the Padres have in the pen other than, like, Kirby Yates, but, like, uh, I'll just bring it to the Yankees, for instance. Like, I know if – um, like, I'd rather – before he got hurt, like, I'd rather not put in Britain and have, like – someone go the long, like, who's, like, a shittier reliever. And, no, that's actually – I can't really put into words what you just said again, but that was really, like – that's a good point because now they don't have to use the more – the people that they need in setup situations. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I, don't, I think it's bullshit. Like, the fact that – I just think the Texas – it was the Rangers coach, right? Or manager, excuse me. Yeah, so salty. He is like. – I just think it's like he's a – he – it might be an unwritten rule, but I think he was just pissed off about it because they were already losing. But, like, like, when you put thought into it and logic – He's completely wrong. Bro, you – literally, you play a professional sport with professional athletes. You're a professional manager. Do you know how much of a baby you come across as? Oh, I don't think it was – they were already up so much. Why, why don't – you know what? If why don't you, you take accountability? If you, yeah. if you want to, you know, be a baby and say, oh, I don't think you should have done that, then have a mercy rule in baseball, and then maybe that will cater to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, just play the game, man. You should own up. And you know what? That should be incentive for the next game. You know what? These guys came out last night and beat our ass. Yeah. We should come out and beat their ass. No, it yeah, should be incentive. That is a great point. He's it's looking bullshit. for like a pity party, but, yeah. but it's it's like, why are you not pointing the finger at yourself? I honestly hope the Rangers get rid of whoever it is. I don't know his name. I am. Yeah, I'm calling for his job. And uh, not even just that. I, I'm going to like segue this because I think it's too good to not do it, but we have biggest L of the week this week three, Peter, but I'm just going to go at it right now. I think someone else who should be held accountable is um, Jace Tingler of the San Diego Padres, the manager, for those of you who don't know, like not standing by his player and almost agreeing with what the Texas Rangers manager had to say about the 3-0 pitch that he didn't take. Like, that's ridiculous. Why are you not standing by your player? Tatis, you could come to my team and do that. You could come to – I bet you any manager would be happy with that. I bet you – 25 managers would be happy with that, you know, more. You know, it's so funny because you look at a guy like Jace Tengler, who's who's a young manager, and you would think that as the game is evolving, you know what I mean? And like, and younger managers, more of that kind of style of play where it's like, you know, kind of the unwritten rules are thrown out the window. Like baseball is different now. Baseball is like an ever-changing game. And it, it's it's meant to, excuse me, mentally tough. And it's, it's, you have to think. It's a thinking man's game. And, and not only that, like a guy like Buck Showalter, who's in his 70s, who played and managed old style baseball, for him to come out and say that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, that should just be like, that should be just like, like that should just makes, be okay. It just makes Jace Tingler look so bad where it's like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're breaking the unwritten rules. And uh, pardon my French, Buck Showalter's like, fuck that. Swing the bat. The most, one of the most electrifying players, if not the most electrifying player in baseball today. That's his game, man. That's Fernando Tatis right there. That's a soundbite right there, Peter. You just went off right there. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't agree with you more. And also, the like, 
the the sticky situation here. I know John Boyd did a video on it, um, but like it seems like these all these like coaches and managers and bench coaches that are all like frustrated by it are all in like cahoots together because they all used to be in like the same franchise at one point and they all used to coach together. Like it just seems like the people that are like sore about it all have the same agenda, and I don't like that one bit. I think for very should, clicky. Yeah, and we should be encouraging like players like Fernando Tatis to keep hitting these home runs and keep being swaggy and keep being awesome because baseball is dying. Like it, prior yeah. to this year, it kind of was dying. I'm happy that it's on the uprises here. I think it's been as popular yeah. as it's ever been since like 2009. That's actually a proven statistic. You could Google it, but um, like we need more of that. We need more of this uh, marketing and like the fact that they're trying to take away from the beauty of the game is insane to me. So, I'm. Um, I'm really glad that you said that. Like, I'm like thrilled that you said that because as we've touched on many times before, baseball in as a whole does not know how to market its superstars. And you have someone that is literally a gift of marketability. Yeah, it's so easy. Besides for Mike Trout, like how could you not? Mike Trout's not even that? marketable in the sense where it's like if, he, like if he wasn't good, the MLB wouldn't even be talking about him. Like the difference, yeah. like Tatis could be bad and people would still talk about him. Yeah, Tatis just has that flair. He's got that swagger about him. He just plays with a chip on his shoulder constantly. He you reminds know, me of and, Hanley Ramirez a little bit. Yeah, he reminds me of like a way better Hanley Ramirez no, because yeah. Hanley had the same type of like mentality that Tatis does. Mm-hmm. Just that Tatis is basically gifted by the gods. That he's I like a fantastic new, baseball player. Yeah, and I like these new up and comers like um, Juan Soto and the bat flips right after they swing are absolutely insane. Like the swag. Don't take away from that. Like Jace Tingler, you shouldn't even be a major league baseball manager if you don't stand by not only the probably one of the faces of the MLB. But like your own player, your own like that's player. insane. Like, look at we could take for instance, um, Dusty Baker, for example. This is kind of like a different thing, but kind of like attests to your point, mm-hmm. where it's like Jace Tingler didn't stand up for his player when all he did was swing on three and zero and benefit their team by hitting a grand slam. Yeah. Where Dusty Baker defends all of his players because he's the new Astros manager had nothing to do with the cheating scandal, but he's defending his players because those are his players that's a, and that's his job. Like, he went into that managerial position knowing, like, all right, this team that I'm picking up last two years have obviously been in some hot shit cheating. I'm going to – my job is not job. only to manage – being a manager is not only to make lineups and a rotation and a bullpen. It's to stick with your players, uplift them, and exactly. change them, impact them. So, Dusty Baker taking that job, he knew, like, all right, we're dealing with a lot of hot shit right now. I need to make sure that these guys' mind is off the cheating scandal and we're going to go con- t- uh, compete for a World Series. This dude, it, it's not the same thing, but Jace Tingler. If but it just puts in perspective, you know, exactly like how, like how small that is compared to what Dusty Baker has done, mm-hmm. and like Dusty Baker wasn't even a part of that, and he still has to deal with that bullshit. Exactly. And he's and done, he's done like, a pretty good job. They've, I mean, despite the fact that they've been in like three fights already, and people, he's a good manager. Dusty Baker always he's has always been. been. He's always, always been. been. I know you're a Reds guy, regardless. They're thick and thin, so. <laughs> but yeah. Um. You know, just just to like sum that part up before I think that we should have a great segue into what was supposed to be originally number two. Um, yes, for me, for me, you've known this for how long that I have never agreed with the three L count since we were kids. Mm-hmm. I always said that that doesn't make sense because if you think about it, then you shouldn't be swinging on two L. You shouldn't be swinging on three one. Any any time that you have an advantage, oh, let's respect the pitcher and make it an even playing field. Screw that, man. And like. What, is it fair that the pitcher knows that the batter's not going to swing on 3-0, that he gets an advantage by throwing a strike? 
Yeah. Is that fair? Well, who's also to say that he's going to throw a ball down the a fastball down the middle? Like obviously, but you get but you get what I'm saying. Like you could swing on three zero and hit a foul ball. It's the same thing. Exactly. He right. had to put the ball also to to you know the deepest part of the ballpark, which it looked like it was. Yeah, it was a nice little laser. Yeah. It was a crack. <laughs> oppo. A nice little oppo. It was shot. a Mickey Mantle cock shot. Right yeah, that there. was one of those MLB Mickey Mantle shots, no doubt. Like. It's still flying to this day. Yeah, I love. I'm glad that I'm glad that we got back onto Tatis because you go ahead and say it, man. Yeah, he's goaded. He's our goaded for this week, um, without a doubt. Well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. First of all, despite this whole Grand Slam drama that is going on, he's actually played phenomenal this year. He's the clear cut MVP, without a doubt. If he keeps playing like this, there's. I think it's we're good to go. It's okay. Papa Andrew Sandy in the building. <laughs> yeah, we could keep it rolling. Tim to say hi. Ask him what he thinks about Fernando Tatis. What do you think about the Fernando Tatis thing? Swing that, swing that tree enough. There you go. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't turn that on. I can't, we can't hear anything. Swing that tree enough. Why not? See, and that's, that's an old school baseball swing player type of guy right there. Yeah. We're gonna get him on first appearance, yes. Yeah, we're gonna get him, <laughs> we're gonna get Pop Andrew Sandy. We've been teasing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> we're gonna get Pop Andrew Sandy on the show. But yeah, um he, Fernando Tatis is our goaded, obviously. If he continues to, to play at this at this level, um easily the MVP of the NL. Um, absolutely. Has been playing terrific on, on defense, offense, everything. I can't even put it into words, Peter. I'm gonna let you go off, but he is really Unlike Labor Torres, yeah. <laughs> unlike some of these the unnecessary Labor Torres slander, yeah. Unlike some of these uh, rookie one and done Miguel Andujar's a couple years ago, Gary Sanchez's, um, Fernando Tatis has continued his amazing rookie year and is obviously developing into a star. Before I got, before I get into like what I think of Tatis and how I admire the absolute shit out of Tatis, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say that the. the the next crop of superstar shortstops, just to name a few, and you got Tatis, you got Bo Bichette, you got Trevor Story, you got Trey Turner. Like, there's such an exciting amount of shortstop talent that's going to take over this league, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, like, you're right. And the shortstop position has been kind of dead for a little while. It has. You're right. I mean, like, we haven't really been talking much about a shortstop since Derek Jeter retired. If you really want to, if you really want to say that, I don't know if you that. heard me say that prior, but I, yeah, we, I, yeah, I just said that. Oh, you did? <laughs> like, oh I didn't, I didn't I even hear you say that. <laughs> I know, because I had started saying it before you had stopped, but we're glad we're in agreement that Derek Jeter was like the last big. Um, yeah, now you see, like, you know, t- it, just about tattoos. It should be Glaber, but. No, no, Glaber should be moved back to second base where he belongs. He's not a shortstop. But that's a different argument. What I want to really get into is our goaded Fernando Tatis. You look at the definition of a five-tool baseball player right now, right away everyone thinks of Mike Trout, like, you know, textbook definition. And, yes, obviously, greatest baseball player I've ever seen. But look at Tatis, honestly, for me – fits the description a little bit more only because he's a little bit more of an aggressive base runner than Mike Trout is. Mm. So he brings that electricity with him. Like, remember, I don't know if you remember last year, they were playing Pittsburgh and there was a pop-up just behind second base and he was on third. He tagged up and scored. Like, mm. how is that not electric? Like, you don't see that every day. Yeah, no, it's you know insane. It's, it's things like that. He's, he's aggressive on the base pass. He's aggressive at, at the plate. He plays diamond defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just... 
all around awesome. He makes great throws. He's got great range. He's got. A, uh, this is gonna sound really weird, but he's got a great smile. He's got great charisma. Oh yeah, you know what he, he's that, just that's what it takes to be a star. He. What I was gonna say is he. I think he's everything that I thought Tim Anderson was gonna be. Um, I'm not saying Tim Anderson. Still got time. I'm not saying Tim Anderson's a bust, but I'm saying like he's kind of sprouted into something more quicker than Tim Anderson did. Like he, mm-hmm. the MLB is trying to market this one dude, which they were trying to do with Tim Anderson. The MLB um, clearly uh, puts a lot of attention on San Diego games now. He could hit home runs for a shortstop. Like we haven't seen a power hitting shortstop in a really long time. Um, he's amazing in the field. Base running, which I'm glad you mentioned, he is electric. Like you literally, you can't sleep if this dude's he's on the electric, base. electric, man. I love how he stole third literally the day after the whole Grand Slam fiasco. That was great. And they were up by like six runs too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just keep it coming. Yeah. Steal home when you're up by 10 next time, Fernando. Like that's <laughs> great. I don't, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm really glad that he sprouted into a great player. And like, it's kind of dope because like uh, Manny Machado, even though like, his, he probably isn't get playing to his expectations. Kind of, kind of, yeah, I was gonna say he's kind of fallen off. My thing is contract. like, I think like it's cool to see them two kind of play next to each other too. Yeah, and like, it's just that's a, really, a hell of a left side of the infield. That's what I mean. It's a really cool team, and I'm really happy that Tatis is kind of getting the attention that he deserves. You know, that's a great. I'm glad that you mentioned like teammates and stuff like that because the next thing I wanted to say was like, he's just that type of guy that his his electricity is contagious. Like let's let if he didn't swing on three zero and hit a grand slam, I guarantee I, I'm even gonna say I guarantee Will Myers doesn't hit a grand slam, Eric Hosmer doesn't hit a grand slam, that's Manny Machado young, doesn't hit. That's such a dope young team. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I forgot Will Myers was playing over there too. Like, that's something, bro. They have so much talent. Like they're finally putting it together. They have a great pitching, two great pitching prospects that are coming through the ranks. You got Mackenzie Gore probably coming up next year. You know what I'm saying? Like they're a team to watch out for, and he's gonna lead them into that elite level because of his electricity is contagious bro like when was the last time you heard eric hosmer's name that's before this Royals, year bro yeah <laughs> it's been that's a while saying, like, like, four, like 2014 probably machado was hitting well again you know what i'm saying it's just like guys like that that it's like we haven't heard austin hedges is hitting okay you know like it's guys that we don't even think about anymore that it's like oh shit like oh you just said oh i forgot about will myers exactly like he brings so much attention to a team kind of hasn't of, been has of a money situation a like it's not exactly like the money ball um A's, but it's kind of like they got a lot of players that are good. They kind of fell off a little bit and said and got a nice, promising young rookie who has all the hype. And they're kind of just like, let's see what we could put together here. Like Hosmer's a proven veteran. He's always been good. Will Myers had so much hype going into the league. Like Machado, they signed to a huge. I mean, I said Moneyball, but they. I I was just gonna say, and they signed Hosmer to a huge. I'm talking in terms of like. I feel. I I feel what you mean. Like talent wise. Yeah, and like how it's kind of low key talent is what I mean. Like there's teams that have done that before, like um, might be a bad reference, but the Atlanta Hawks won the first seed in the East a couple years ago. They didn't do anything in the playoffs, but it's like people that don't necessarily, even though Tatis is the star, they just have a bunch of talent surrounded. It's not like a stacked Yankees team, which they have good, not great talent. Exactly. And he is the great talent. (laughs) Exactly. So like they're kind of putting it all together and I really like to see them succeed this year. I'm really, yeah, I, that's my and their stadium's always like, been dope. I've always been a huge fan of that. I've been there. It's awesome. It's awesome, dude. It's Peco the, Park there's is like awesome. a nice little. I know it's awesome, but I I love um everything that they got going on there except for fucking Jace Tangler. You can leave. You know what the, the worst part is he'll like probably last... he'll probably get booted too. I bet you they'll sign they'll, they'll sign. Nah, dude. Here. If they do, nah. If they do well, dude, they ain't, they ain't booting him. But the last one I wanted to mention is it kind of sucks because the Padre game that I went to. There was maybe like four thousand people <laughs> in the stands. 
and it's like they haven't had much to cheer about in probably like a decade. Jesus and then you see this we team. We have more total channel views bro, on YouTube than Yeah, that. for real. Like, it's so sad <laughs> that like this is a team that I would pay to see. Like, yeah. if you swapped the Yankee uniform and Padre uniform and this was the Yankees, I'd pay to see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it sucks because it's finally like they're playing well. They're electric. They're must-see TV. Like, I, yeah. I got to buy a ticket and we can't. And we can't. It's see them in person. Yeah. I mean, hey, it it's sad. sucks for them, but, but they're getting. They, but Peter, they are still getting a good amount of attention. I'd say, like everyone's oh, talking oh, about. Oh, them. they're getting huge notoriety on on MLB, dude. All D-Row talks about is Fernando Tatis. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm but, excited. I, I'm very happy for the Padres. It's like one team you always want to see succeed, kind of like the Rockies. I want to see the Rockies win because they never really. They the Rockies have a crazy talent too, and they've been playing pretty well. So this 60 game season's really shaking shit up. It really is. It is. Like you have your good team still, and you also have some wild cards now, which makes it very interesting. So, except for the Red Sox, let's note that they are the, probably the worst team in baseball. Yes, excellent. <laughs> besides for the besides for the Pirates, yes. Um, let's. Um, uh, you want to move on? Uh, to yeah, the, because the I love this man, and I just have to talk about him for just a little bit. Oh, the ML, We're still doing the MLB. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Start off. I missed the point. If you don't know who Trevor Bauer is outside of baseball right now, you're living under a damn rock. Yeah. Because he is, if you want to talk about electricity on the field, that's Fernando Tatis. You want to talk about electricity off the field, that's Mr. Bauer outage right there. Yeah, he, um, you, you're like, you have like a thing with doing these openings. You're so good at them, Peter. You're, you're actually amazing. You're making me blush. <laughs> but yeah, Trevor Bauer, first of all, not that he's played shitty, but like he had a Dude, couple, he, he had a couple bro, really good years. Um, he's three and zero with with 093 ERA right now. That's what I was saying though. But the year before, um. Not that he fell off, but he was kind of just like not playing as well as he did that one year in Cleveland. So I'm extremely happy to see him doing well in, in Cincinnati right now. Like I'm, he I think he leads the league in the lowest ERA, right? It's like yeah. I think it's point five something actually. I don't think it's it's, it's insanely low. But. And forget the on the field stuff to what you were trying to get into to double down on how great this man is. Like the cleats that the MLB didn't let him wear with the free Joe <laughs> Kelly, and like he's always trolling. I think he got into it with who's uh, Justin Verlander's dad or someone's family member. Yeah. Like he on Twitter, but he's like, he's always been a real advocate for the fans come first. And he's done it before when Corona was a thing and he tried to get the season started. He's done it when the Houston Astros cheated. He went on all these mm -hmm. podcasts talking about all, all like, forget the, like, fuck the Astros. He's really a player. I mean, a fans player. And like, yeah. I admire someone like that. He loves the game. He's not money hungry. I mean, no, he's go not. get the go get the money. Like, he'll get the bag for sure. But. but he's not money hungry. You could see he just loves the game of baseball. And I admire someone like that. What I love about him so much is, like what you said, like there are so many players that want to talk so much about what's going on with the Astros. Even like this is the only thing I'll say, like with the Astros, with what's going on with like Tatis and everything like that, with like the racial injustice things and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. they won't say it because they're afraid of backlash from their, their team, you know, the execs and everything like that. Yo, Trevor Bauer is just the type of guy that's like, you know what, like – if you get offended by what I have to say, like you can cut me and I'll play for another team. Like he's that type of guy that's just, and you know what? Like he reminds me of like Pat McAfee <laughs> where it's like, bad. where it's like if, if Trevor Bauer had a great career, I feel like up until this point, mm -hmm. but if he walked away from the game, he could walk straight into a, his own show. Yeah. That is a really good um, comparison with Pat McAfee. Bauer's also like, not that, like I said, he wasn't playing horrible last couple of years, but he wasn't pitching like this. So like, He's a very um, confident, like, guy because 
if you're not pitching that well and you're talking all this shit, like <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to be about you, you know, but you know, he's playing the best baseball of his career and he's loving every minute of this, this whole 60 game season. I think my favorite thing, like this has nothing to do with like, but of, of like what's been going on with him recently and how he's been like the, like the vigilante hero of like the MLB this year. But I think it was like two years ago or something. He tweeted something where it was like, Oh, like, if you want to be with me, like, talking about a woman or something like that, if you want to be with me, like, you're going to have to deal with me gaming, like, me not wanting to marry you, me wanting to be with other girls. Like, it was just some, like, wild shit that I was like, wow, like, this guy just says whatever's on his mind. And, like, that should have been a warning sign where it was like, where it's like, damn, this dude's going to be the vigilante hero of the 2020 MLB I mean, the fact, 60 game season. Like, the fact that he said, if you want to be with me, you're going to have to deal with me gaming and doing and being with other girls is savagery. Like, that's, that's what I'm like, he just doesn't give a crap. And it's, he knows his worth, but he's, yeah. all, he's, a good, he's really the hero that baseball needs right now. Can we title this? When we break this up into clips, if we do, can we title that? The vigilante, the MLB vigilante hero, Trevor Bauer. I'm going to try to – yes, we could. And I'm going to try to make the thumbnail picture of Trevor Bauer as Batman. I think that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I love Trevor Bauer. I'm happy that he's finally back to pitching like he was in Cleveland when the Yankees used to always um, be scared to face him in 2017. But he's really – 12-6 curve ball. He's, I'm so happy. And you predicted um, the Reds had a nice little thing going on there. So – I'm excited for Bauer. I really like – I like that team a lot. I don't think this is their year, but I think they're they're coming up soon. Um, but, yeah, I, I love Trevor Bauer and everything that he's got going on. Can I just say, I don't even want to, like, talk really about this. I just want to, like, plug myself here real quick because I, I feel like I, I never do say. that. I was telling Matthew the other day that – remember when we were talking about – I don't know if you guys saw, but we predicted the shortened season. And I was on MLB Network the other day, and they showed the standings. And the standings were it was the Yankees. Well, now the Yankees aren't leading the AL East anymore. But they'll at the time, not if I had a bet. Huh? I said they'll probably finish first though if we had a bet. Yeah, but at the time that I saw it, it was the Yankees in the AL East, the Twins in the Central, the Athletics in the West, the White Sox and the Rays as wild card teams, and that was my exact prediction. I just so they believe us. I just pulled it up. That's why I was on my phone. Episode nine is the is when we did those predictions. So if you want to go back and hear everything that we both said, it's episode nine. Now I'm I'll probably not chop up that. some clips maybe and put them on YouTube and like to highlight how great you were, but <laughs> not, not to like say that that's going to be the end game result, but like, I just feel like at any point during the year that that was actually simultaneously correct. I it's feel impressive. like I had, to, I had to know it. Yeah. You definitely had to plug it. And dude, the season's been so unpredictable. The fact that you've been on, point on pace so far is pretty impressive like we're talking about teams like the Padres in Colorado in August who would have ever thought that yeah so yeah everyone shout out Peter for that and yeah let's move on to the NBA I would say but before we move on to the NBA two things I want to do first of all we're plugging ourselves if you guys are still listening with us and um which you should podcast. be. Please um, shoot us a follow at TTL Sports WW on Instagram. That's TTL Sports WW on Instagram. Twitter is Take This L Sport One, and you can find us on YouTube at Take This L Sports. To mention what Peter has done an amazing job on, he's now throwing us on twenty different streaming platforms. So 
We are on 20 different streaming platforms. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play, literally anything. Stitcher. You literally cannot hide from us now. Like, there is no – I don't want to see anything like this. You cannot hide. It's free content, and you're literally missing out on probably the best sport. No, 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 excuse me. You're missing out on the best sports podcast on the internet, like, without a doubt. Um, no one's predicting the MLB like you are. So, <laughs> so please, everyone take a listen for yourself. And the second thing that I wanted to say was – Something about plugging ourselves. I completely forgot about it. Excellent job. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see if it was on my phone. Oh, um, thank you all for the continued support on Anchor, by the way. I think we're going to oh get into God, that. You guys are going crazy. I think we're going to uh, get into that um, at the end of yeah, the episode if you wanted end. to. But yeah, just a little shout out there. And I want to do one thing. Do you remember a while ago, Peter? I was like, if you guys are still listening in the middle of this, I'll give someone a $20 gift card or whatever. But mm-hmm. they never did it. No one listened to that part of the episode. I think now with all this newfounded, like, um, clout <laughs> on anchor like someone might still be listening so whoever is still listening to this okay we're doing a giveaway right now i'm doing the give right now right now i'll give a 30 dollars gift card to your choosing okay anywhere you want i'll give you 30 dollars if you want it doesn't matter if you screenshot this exact timestamp wherever this is in the podcast and dm us on instagram and the dm has to say the timestamp <laughs> no, like they, uh, what should they say in the, in the, just screenshot this timestamp right here and say, did I win the giveaway? You have to send us a message on Instagram and say, did I win the giveaway? I will give you the $30 like that. We're always, we have, we have 30 people working on Very generous over here. So if you're still listening, thank you very much. And you will be rewarded quick giveaway in the middle. Let's jump into the NBA right now, Peter. Absolutely. I just want to give a quick, not so quick, I guess, cause we want to get into, I want to get into one series in particular. But the NBA, listen, the NBA playoffs so far has been awesome to watch. Like, there, I don't think there's any if, ends or buts about it. Like, this is everything that I could have expected from the bubble and more. Like, the games are interesting. Like, everyone's playing to the best of their ability. Like, I don't think that we expected this at all. And I think the NBA is the most winningest sport right now. Yeah. I'm very happy with the way they've handled it. I think – uh, excuse me, I just burped. I don't, know they, I don't know if they heard that, but they definitely did. Um, I'm ex- I couldn't really put into words. It's been a great – all the series have been really great. Uh, a lot of upsets already early, a lot of really good series. And I think just the way they've handled it and the fact that no one's really gotten sick, it kind of puts into perspective that, like, the players still care about as much as about winning a championship as they would if COVID, had, COVID hadn't happened. So – I'm very pleased with what happened in terms of the games, which I wanted to jump into. Um, I wasn't so surprised that the Lakers lost the first game. I kind of just wanted to talk about that I first. Figured that too, yeah. I also wanted to say, like, I do think the Lakers are actually playing in like 15 minutes from when this is being recorded. But I think the Lakers are gonna. Let's hope I'm right because it comes out Monday. But I really think the Lakers are gonna probably run through the Blazers now. Not that the Blazers are a bad team. I just think LeBron's not fucking around. I feel like yeah. I feel like the first. That's a great point. Like, really great point because I feel like the first game was kind of a wake-up call for Bron and AD and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, all right, like, we weren't going to play around, but now we're really not playing around. Like, Dame <laughs> is on, like, he is on a tear. He's on a mission. You saw how emotional he got in game two when he couldn't come back out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a guy that I would be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Like, I see a guy crying on the on like on the outskirts of the bench because he can't come in because he's got – a finger that's bent in seven different positions like yeah and he's thinking about the game like that's someone that i don't want on the court at all so i think like 
we saw Braun take a step a step back in game two and kind of let AD handle the most of it, which was, I think AD had like 34 points. Braun only had 10, but he had like decent rebounds, decent assists. He didn't really shoot that well. Mm-hmm. But like Braun, you know what I'm saying? Braun's Braun. Like he's always going to contribute in some way, shape or form to the game. Yeah, exactly. He's always but, Braun. <laughs> but in this, in this series, particularly, I think that the Lakers need to run their offense through AD because it appears that the Blazers don't have an answer for him. I don't think Nurkic down low is the answer for AD. He's just too powerful. So honestly, this might be the series where we see Braun kind of like take a step back for the first time in like his 17-year career and really like run the offense through someone else. That's a good-ass point that you made um, about LeBron kind of taking a step back because if he does win a championship and ends up like kind of not being a big role, it's going to be the big talk like, oh, LeBron didn't really win the six rings if he ever gets to that point because – ring number four, AD carried it. I could already see the conversations yeah. happening. But I do think um, – I, I, I think you may be right. Like, Anthony Davis will probably be the front setter of the Lakers. He's obviously younger. And it's just – that's just how it's going to be. I think they, they're going to make a – this is, series isn't going to be an issue for them. Like, it's, I think my big – my fault. My biggest thing is, like, ahead. if Damian Lillard is shut down, like, yes, the Blazers have McCollum. Yes, the Mel's been playing good. Gary Trent, like uh, – and um, uh, uh, what's his name? Nurkic. Um, yeah, Nurkic. I was gonna say Vucevic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nurkic. Like, they're great players, but if you shut down Damian Lillard, like, you see how poorly the Blazers play. Yeah. That's all they got to do. I think the the last point I'm gonna make on this series because I think we we definitely saw the last momentum shift mm-hmm. towards the Lakers, and I don't think they're gonna release that. But the the Lakers are a type of team that once you get past, especially with Rondo not there now, once you get past. Um, LeBron and AD, there's not much. So if the Lakers want to make a real push to the championship, they're going to have to play matchups. It's going to be, say, like this matchup, they have no answer for AD. Say they play the Rockets next, you know what I'm saying, next round or something like that. They have no answer for LeBron. That offense has to go through LeBron. Alex Caruso takes it, you know what I'm saying? They have to play matchups because LeBron's not getting any younger and they really don't have much depth behind AD and LeBron. I, yeah, I, I just think like, um, and th- that is a great point. I, I'm interested to see the Lakers if they if the Clippers get to the Mavericks, or even if the Mavericks play the Lakers. I'm interested to see like how they play against better teams because they are, I mean, they are struggling. Clearly, the first game they struggled a little bit with Portland. They're the, the team to watch, though, in my opinion. Like, they're such a wild card because they could either win it all or they could get they can get <laughs> yeah they can bounce out in the first round. Yeah, so it's like, what's gonna happen with them? In terms of, like, other series, I, I don't want to get too much into it because we could talk about the entire Western and Eastern Conference, but um, I know the Rockets have been playing really well. I, I'm excited to watch what they have going on. Um, you're not a big fan of the Rockets. Oh, no, I, I never said that. I, uh, I like the Rockets. Uh, I like uh, their game. Your face. I thought you no, were. No, because I'm looking at the bracket right now, and I'm, I'm looking at the series in my head, like all the series, and it's just remarkable how much easier the East is to predict than than the west yeah. like yeah you know the magic took game one but do they really have a chance to beat the box yeah, absolutely exactly. not the but heat like are balling the heat right are balling right now I was the just gonna... 76ers are crap right now like yeah, what is Cel- going on there i just think the celtics are so good and people forget that and also like and then the raptors, are the raptors i just wanted so. to say this i think the miami heat have a real shot of going to the nba finals like i have them as a sleeper team they have so much depth on that team it's like not even funny and like Jimmy Butler isn't a superstar that I think he like once was or 
was going to be, but I do think that he have so much depth and like they're mm-hmm. greatly coached. They've always yeah. been, and they're a real sleeper. Like they're better than the Bucks, in my opinion. Bold prediction, but they are better than the Bucks. Like shut down Giannis. Both very deep teams. We're gonna have That's to see sure. what happens though. I like the Miami Heat in the um, East. What I'm a little surprised with the Pacers, to be honest with you. That's another team, very well coached, great defensively. Mm-hmm. Have really, you know what? Losing uh, Sabanis before the seat before the um the series started was huge for them because that was another guy who another defensive guy who can give you a 15 and 15 you know what I'm saying so like mm. Sabanis not being there but they still had such a nice like well-rounded team good defensively so I'm a little surprised that they're down 3-0 I'm surprised that the Celtics are up 3-0 I would think it would be 2-1 you know what I'm saying at this point? Like at least yeah, the Sixers, to, I didn't expect the, the Sixers, Sixers to be that bad either. But I, I'm not surprised by how good the Boston Celtics are, though. Our man, C.J. Vogel, who shout him out, he was on shout last week. So shout out Sports Update. Said that no team could win with Joel Embiid on it. And I thought, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> this man, I'm like, this man is like 7'2", like 300 pounds. He's an absolute monster in the middle. And you know what? C.J.'s absolutely right so far. No team could win with Joel Embiid. Yeah, and, like, the Sixers are not a bad team at all. Like, I mean, I I think you make a great point with the Sixers, like, it being a little surprising because, like, no one expected them to get eliminated, swept maybe in the first round. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, we all knew the Celtics were very good, but, like, the Sixers are one of those great upcoming teams. Like, they had a good run last year. Um, obviously, the Raptors with that whole Kawhi thing. But, like, they are pretty, like, good. So, I didn't expect – I mean, listen, when he when he did say that, I haven't really put much thought into it. But, like, maybe he's right. Maybe Joel yeah. Embiid is that player that, like, kind of ruins your team in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. last, the last thing I want to say about the NBA playoffs is, again, I'm looking at the brackets and everything like that. And I'm looking at the East and I'm looking at the West. And the West clearly have more star power. Everywhere, everywhere you go, every series you look, you got AD, you got Braun, you got CJ McCollum, you got Damian Lillard, you got Harden, you got Chris Paul, you know what I'm saying? You got superstars everywhere. But the depth in the East on every single team, besides probably for the Nets, is even the Nets, though. Even the Nets, even the Nets went healthy, though, like Levert and Kyrie and Katie together. And and, Dinwiddie, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, um, what's his name's going to be back younger Jordan. Like that team yeah. have depth when everyone's healthy, but Jared you, Allen, you know what I'm saying? Right like now, got, now like, it's a, no, no, no. Yeah. I know what you're saying though. Right now they're whatever, but right now not, but like, yeah, when you're, uh, that's a great point. There's when a lot healthy. of depth in the East regardless. Every, every team has depth and you yeah. look at arguably the best team in the NBA. The it's like the difference really like not like the Lakers do have depth, but not as deep as like the Miami heat or the, they Sanders. don't have quality depth. Yeah. They have names that were good five to six years ago. <laughs> yeah, they literally. But it's like I saw a tweet. It was like um, they did this about the Knicks when the Knicks had like D Rose, jo- um, Joakim Noah. It was like if this was 2010, the Knicks would have won the championship. Yeah, that's like kind of how the Lakers are. They got like a Danny Green. I mean, who's still good? But like Danny, Danny Green has been hot garbage. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been garbage. Like yeah. it's just. <laughs> I don't know, but I look at – that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if, if you look at it on paper, like the West, it's like, holy shit. Like the West have teams that are far superior than the East. I don't know about that because the depth on the East depth, on yeah. every single and that, team and that's is crazy. Ultimately what, what ends up happening, people get tired and it's real life and, like, that's the teams that win. So if a team out the East won, it wouldn't really surprise me. It's kind of crazy how the power shifts, like, every now and then. I remember a couple of years ago it was, like, this big thing where – the West was so good and the only all-star in the East was Kyrie Irving. Like now it's completely different. So I yeah. think it's kind of crazy how um, 
the tides have turned and it, it is really crazy to see like what's going to happen. I'm interested about that Clippers Maverick series. Uh, the Raptors are going to advance. I want to see how the Nuggets Jazz series plays out. Two amazing series right there. And then we're just going to have to see what happens with the rest of the playoffs. But mm-hmm. it has been a great start to say the least. That's a great, great way to end it. And I'd really like to segue into another very successful playoff bubble. Yeah. With the NHL, I just want to give a quick update. I know, you know, not a this lot is of my NHL. Let's let before you go. Let's bring up our NHL correspondent live via satellite from Queens, New York, Peter Andrusani. The Italian correspondent as well. Don't forget about that. Also, the Italian correspondent. So that doesn't Peter, know a lick of Italian. I'm going to do the traditional Sports Center interviews. You know, how they always bring on those experts and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm Peter, Brian tell Windhorst. me, um, how is um the Flyers? I heard the Flyers are really um doing good this year. Fuck the Flyers. <laughs> but, um, a few upsets in the first round, I would say. If we look towards the, um, you know, everything's moving real fast and stuff like that. The um, the second round starts on uh, tomorrow, actually, for some teams. So uh, in the Eastern Conference, you have the uh, the number one Flyers against the number six Islanders, and the Islanders, in my opinion, are the hottest team in the NHL. Yeah, they're cutting They took the down the Cavs. So annoying, no- yo, because before the, the yeah, shutdown, bro. the Rangers were dicking them, yo. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> bro, it, it is so annoying as a Ranger fan, but, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due that the Islanders are the hottest team in the NHL. They dis- thoroughly dismantled the Caps defensively, mm-hmm. offensively, all that kind of stuff. Um, the Flyers beat a very pesky Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, oh, do you like the way I said Canadians That was a right nice accent right Whoa, there. Whoa, what happened <laughs> there? What the heck? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this would be probably a really, really great series. Both Eastern Conference series are really good. And you got – then you look at the Lightning who beat the um, – Lightning had a little bit of a layoff. So I we know that layoffs with playoff teams isn't really that good. So Tampa, who always choke it, by the way. Um, number two overall seed, they're playing the Bruins, who the Bruins went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Um, the Bruins took down the Panthers, Panthers, I'm sorry, the Hurricanes in the first round, four games to one. Then you got the, in the Western Conference, you have the Golden Knights against the Vancouver Canucks. Honestly, I didn't think the Canucks were going to win. Going Golden Knights that one, though. The go- yeah, um, definitely. The Golden Knights are, like, the sleepiest, best team, like, in the NHL. Um, the Canucks have a young, awesome team. They beat a very sound Calgary Flames team. So that's something to look out for, too. And then you have the Avalanche against the Dallas Stars. Now, this is probably a toss-up, to be honest with you. This is definitely like a toss-up, honestly. This game's actually going on live right now as we speak. Uh, let me check it. It's 2-1 to one Dallas in the, in the first period. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not really trying to give predictions, but that's a really evenly matched series. You got great players like McKinnon, Landis Gog, all that kind of stuff, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, all those kind of guys. And, and – um, it's shaping up to be really good. There was a couple surprises. Um, didn't think that the Stars were going to get through as easy as they did. The Avalanche got through relatively easy. The Canucks were a surprise. Golden Knights just kind of coasted. All that kind of stuff. And the last thing I want to say about the NHL is, uh, I, I don't know if anyone will even know about this, but Mike Milbury, who is a um, a host in the inside like the, the pregame booth or whatever, I personally hate Mike Milbury. I think he's awful. Uh, I think he gives no insight whatsoever. Uh, this might sound like a crying Ranger fan, but he hates the Rangers. He was always with the Bruins and the Islanders. Like, that's the teams that he played for. So, you know, always against the Rangers, never gave them credit. Um, they sent him home from the bubble because he made um, an inappropriate comment about women on live TV. 
So honestly, even yeah. if they even if they didn't remove him for that, like they should have just removed him anyway because he fucking sucks. But <laughs> um, you know, there's obviously no place in this time and in this world right now for things like that, especially that it really has nothing to do with the NHL and that's what he's there for. So shame on him, and I hope that they fire him because very well said. Yeah, I, I that's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to wish any harm upon anyone. Obviously, no one deserves that, but. Uh, he should be fired for his comments, and he should be fired for the fact that he doesn't really give any insight in the pregame. But um, that's my last note. That's uh, Rink Notes by Peter Andersani. Yeah, I'm glad that you informed our viewers, though, on hockey, though. Like, give it, I'm glad. I just got to brush up on my knowledge a little bit, but I think it was a solid update. And Can you say that, that one thing that you always say to our viewers, your, your, um, your hockey quote? Oh, the best player of all time is 2012 Marion Gabrick. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the only thing I really know. I think it's so funny how, like, I am confidently, like, half of TTL sports, and I have zero to zero knowledge of hockey. It's not that I have zero knowledge of hockey. I understand the sport. I know no, you're hockey. okay. Yeah, you're it's not just, terrible. It's just – no, I definitely know how it's played. Like, I know icing. I know outsides and everything. I just don't know the players as well as I used to, like, 2012. I like Marion Gabrick. Ever since the lockout, man, I just got lost. And that was like eight years ago. <laughs> but no, shout out you. I'm going to watch the Stanley Cup. I always usually do. But for right now, wait. I think the Knights are going to win it, though. That's my prediction. Um, That's a solid prediction. Let me move on, though, to something that I actually could talk about. And I think this is a great um, – great to episode 17. Yeah, what happened? I said it's a great closer to episode 17. No, you missed our – one topic completely about the 2020 yeah. NFL season. Oh shit! No, but it's all right. We're gonna save that now anyway, because I would have. Ra- I'd rather get the hockey one out the way anyway. And um, but this is a great. Uh, this is great content, right? Oh my god, the mic's falling. <laughs> Moving. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is great uh, content right here. So Peter cooked up this fire question: Who is going to be your breakout for the 2020 NFL season? Well, 2020 to 2021. Yeah. Um, I had one pick, and I'm gonna keep it short and sweet here. But I just Googled another one to cheat a little bit while you're doing the hockey thing. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> my one off the rip, my one off the rip, I had Le'Veon Bell. The reason I say that is because he got a little bit of a better offensive line. I think Gase got – I know he sucks as a head coach. But the shape little, that he got into, too. Hey, he's also in terrific shape. He's got a lot of motivation with this whole Jamal Adams situation. And everyone's saying he's whack now. And, like, he's got, like I said, a little better of an offensive line. And also, Gase already knows what he did wrong with him. And it doesn't take – even though Gase is a moron, it doesn't take, like, a, like a, a genius to figure out how to fix certain things in the running game. So, I think, like, Bell will start playing like he once was, the great running back that he once was. And my second pick that I just wanted to finish off that I wanted to hear your opinion on was Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray – this is the one who I Googled. Um, I saw his name on the NFL Top 100. But – he already showed flashes that he could be a great quarterback. Him and Cliff have a nice little connection. Now they bring in D Hop, like who already said he's playing 100% this season. So it's still a crazy thing. To they me. have a sick offense, and like the team will obviously be much better than they did last year. Even though they were shitty, the Cardinals last year, they always made like a, a yeah. run. So I think Kyler is really going to flash next year. I think that you make a great point. Like, absolutely. Like, Kyler Murray, it's a great pick. Uh, they've surrounded him with all the weapons that he could probably ever need. Yeah. Um, especially at the wide receiver. He's still got Larry Fitz. Yeah, not even just – I'm sorry, D-Hop. There's a D-Hop, couple – Christian Kirk, Kirk Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella. Like, the list goes on and on. Like, they got a ton of weapons. They got Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. 
they, you know, a, a lot, a lot of weapons. The only thing I just, I don't understand is they still didn't give him any offensive line help. They drafted an offensive lineman in the seventh round. I'm not saying, dude, a good, good weapons, in my opinion, good weapons trumps an offensive line because if you can get the ball to someone that can get open, you, what, you know what I'm saying? Like you could take it. that. You actually made that point, I think, when we were talking about Russell Wilson, that like it's similar to that situation where they don't ever protect their number one. I think you was that you who said that? Yeah. That was you. That was you. <laughs> but yeah, the, that is true. But I, I think I I counter that and say that like Russell Wilson still go without no line. So well, I mean, Russell Wilson is far superior than Kyler Murray, but um, I I definitely I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. I'm just saying to be weary of that because like. He might struggle at the beginning because Especially you know, offensive, the last thing to come together in an NFL training camp is the continuity of the offensive line. Mm. And with no preseason games and a very short training camp, the con- there's going to be sacks everywhere. <laughs> like, like, like sacks are going to be everywhere. Yeah, I'm going to clip that. Yeah. It just says you saying sacks everywhere. <laughs> there are like I don't care what it sounds like. There is going to be sacks all over the field. Yeah, there might <laughs> because there's going to be. <laughs> there will be sacks all over, all the, over field. the field because there's there's no offensive line continuity. No, Makai Beckton's coming in hot. I'm telling you right now, he's not allowing one sack at all. I, no. Okay, but the rest of the line might allow twenty. No, yeah, but, there probably will be horrible. Like, but but at the end of the day, I think that you have definitely that's a great pick, Kyler. Okay, I have two. I have yeah, one on yours? one on the defensive side, one on the offensive side. I changed one of mine. Okay, Are we ready? Give me the one defensive that I... side. Defensive side is Marcus May. I'm going Marcus May because I heard from um, a lot of the Jets insiders that he is having the camp of a lifetime. And I know that, you know, I can't really go off of camp notes because there are undrafted free agents that have great camps and they turn out to be nothing. But yeah. Marcus, May, Marcus May has been one of the great, the best free safeties in football for a couple of years now and completely flies under the radar because he had his battery mate, Jamal Adams, yapping all day long. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, though. The reason to, I just want to add on to what you're saying. Excuse me, I'm burping all the place. I think it's a great pick, actually, because, like, the fact of the matter is, like, and there's breaking news here that uh, Luka Donich has had an MRI and he's – Yeah, I saw that. So great. <laughs> and he is, he is quite okay. He's quite okay. Breaking news. Luka is quite okay. But, yeah, uh, the reason Jamal Adams gets so much shine, not I'm not saying Marcus May is like Jamal Adams, but I'm saying, like, it definitely helps when you have a top-tier safety right next to you on the field. So you're allowed to make those – um, middle linebacker safety-esque blitzes when you have someone tailing you. Like, yeah. that's why Marcus May is so good. Great yeah. pick right there. For those who don't know, like, watch tape. Marcus May is one of the best. Marcus May people. is silently one of the best secondary players in football. And I know I hate PFF, but I think it definitely backed me up on that. Um, he's been great and fantastic. And, not, you know – the argument could be made to play devil's advocate as well against my own pick is that Jamal Adams made I was just going to say, May, Jamal Adams would made make Marcus May, May or, or Marcus May also made Jamal Adams. But I feel like they have a great replacement for Jamal Adams and Ashton Davis, and I feel like Marcus May is not going to miss a beat. And also he's going to be a little bit more free range, I feel like. Because Greg Williams, let's face it, look at the team that he ended up with last year. And he got he squeezed the last drop of juice out of every single player. Yeah. So you really don't think that there's extra motivation for Marcus May after all the comments and everything that Jamal Adams and just made. leaving him behind? Yeah, I think this is his. This is his team. This is his defense. This is Marcus May's defense. That was well, leaving it at that. Give me your offensive player. <laughs> that was deep. Okay. You ready? 
Yes, sir. You're not even going to be ready for this. But I'll give you 10 guesses. You'll Fireworks are going off in my background. Are you ready? Are you ready? Tyler Boyd. Wow. Why are you going with Tyler Boyd? Listen, T. Higgins, huge target. T. Higgins, 6'4", 220 pounds on the outside. You got A.J. Green coming back healthy. You think Joe Burrow's going to like himself a little Tyler Boyd? Joe Burrow is going – he loves him some slot receivers. I was, uh, can you pull up those Jamar Chase numbers for me? from last year and see how well, how much he likes slot receivers. I know Jamar Chase played a lot outside too, but he played a lot of predominantly inside. So let's see what those Jamar Chase numbers were last yeah, year. pulling up right now. Um, let's see. All right. So Jamar Chase uh, had 84 receptions, 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns and averaged 21 yards a catch. That sounds like some nice stats right there to me. <laughs> so, and I also and heard, prior to Joe Burrow being there, um, there's no comparison. Just for the yes. record, 23 receptions to only 300 yards. 300 yards is in comparison to 1700. It's a big difference. He only scored three yeah. TDs to his 20. So we should see how well Joe Burrow likes those slot receivers. Right. I there. do like slot. I do like slot. I me personally, I think a slot receiver makes or breaks an offense because you usually have the smaller guy um, playing nickel corner. So can you imagine like 6'3", 215, Tyler Boyd against like 5'9", Nikel Roby Coleman? You know what I mean? Like it's just a matchup nightmare. And that's also why I believe that the um, the Browns should put OBJ in the slot. because I was he's just, just going to so say, yo, you know what's like, so weird about this show? Hold on. Fucking stop real quick. I don't know why we think the same shit. I was just going to say in a couple of years when Odell's lost, some team's going to pick him up and throw him in the slot and they're going to win the Super Bowl. That was literally my thought, yo, because – Whenever Odell's in the slot, like it is absolutely it's, unstoppable. It's a disaster for the yeah. defense when Odell because he's so elusive, he's so quick off the line. Like it just it boggles my mind. I know he he has like decent size, but like ugh, he'd be like the best slot receiver in, in football. But yeah. but Tyler Boyd proved last year he had I believe he had over a thousand yards Pulled with up. Andy with Andy Dalton and like Jeff Driscoll as his quarterbacks. Also, there was no AJ Green, so Tyler Boyd's were a proven re- good receiver. There. Yeah, you know they have they have a lot of weapons. Like you know, like I said. They got C.J. Uzoma, who's a pretty decent tight end. Like they have Tyler um, Boyd for last year. He five TDs and thousand yards, ninety receptions. Yeah. Pretty solid for a shitty quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they have they have Auden Tate, who's six foot five, like two hundred and thirty pounds. He's a huge target. And I kind of feel like Tyler Boyd gets kind of lost in the shuffle because you know you got what? all the clamorings of Joe Burrow. Obviously, he was having a terrific camp. By the way, uh, around the whole league, it's the word is everywhere that he has just slotted perfectly into the Bengals offense. So that's really scary to think about. But um yeah, you know and, what I mean like and it's kind of to Tyler Boyd's advantage that he's kind of gone, coming under the rug because that just plays right into what the slot position is. A low yeah. key receiver that does tell, a lot of damage. Tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like this happens a lot. A star wide receiver goes down, right? A guy who was always really good moves into that star position plays really good, moves back to that second position when the star comes back. The star is never the same, and the second guy is the star. The star happens all the time. And I just feel like that's going to happen again with Tyler Board. I honestly can see Tyler Board going for 1,500 yards this year out of the slot. I hope that comes true. <laughs> I really do. But, yeah, I think Tyler Boyd's an excellent pick, and I think the and a lot of those Bengals, like especially for the Joe – I'm done talking. You said it perfectly, especially for the Joe Burrow offense and, like, this is why you're who you are. <laughs> no, really great. I, I think um, Tyler Boyd's a great pick. We'll see. 
hopefully Kyler Murray and Tyler Boyd end up having the greatest season of their career. I love that Kyler Murray pick, by the way. And I love the Le'Veon Bell pick, too, because obviously I'm a Jet fan. I'd love to see Le'Veon Bell stomp all over the league for 1,500 yards. Yeah, and I think let's hope all of our wishes come true. Maybe the Jets will sneak a Super Bowl win in this year. Maybe these will be the predictions that get us big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Marcus right. May has like 10 interceptions. Um, my, Tyler Boyd uh, breaks the 2,000-yard threshold. Like you know, <laughs> Kyler Murray throws for 6,000 yards. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't fucking wait for the season to start and then every single prediction comes true. Or dead wrong. There's no in-between. Literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's uh, – Let's move on though. Let's 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 close in our own way. So uh let's talk about us. Yeah. <laughs> we love doing these therapy sessions. Um, I, and this is where everyone just clicks off. Yeah, but, but. <laughs> listen guys, I just wanted to say please if you are still here and I hope one of you guys uh, collected a giveaway, but thank you so much for listening. Seriously. Um our anchor plays have been through the roof literally. And like, like without crazy. you and without you guys, it wouldn't any of this would be possible. So please, if you're listening, follow us on TTL Sports WW on Instagram, Take This L Sport One on Twitter again, and YouTube at Take This L Sports. Um, I mean, we're on 20 streaming platforms, thanks Peter. Now Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, literally everything. So everything. thank you so much for that, Peter, and thank you so much for listening. And and guys, I really um, am thankful that you guys are still here with us, listening to our podcast. So. Thank you so much. And I mean, that's really all I have. Uh, Peter's going to go on a nice little vacation. I just want to let everyone know that we're going to come back with some heat. So if you don't have anything, Peter, then let's have you close it as always. The last thing I just want to say is, you know, the, I, I feel like I'm the emotional one of the two of us. I don't know why, but no, I think I, <laughs> like, but, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I just got like super emotional, like, like happy seeing like all those, but like, I'm not, I'll just be straight with you guys. Like it was well over 150 plays in a week. And it was just like, wow, like that, that is a crazy number for us. Like, and the fact that people are like clicking on old episodes too, it's not just the new ones. Like that means a lot to us. You know, people are, are really like either digging our stuff or maybe they just want to get a good laugh. I don't know, whatever it is, whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it. Thank you so much. It means a lot to us. Like it makes this me going on this vacation like 10 times better leaving on like such a good note. Um, I, I mean, that's all I really want to say. Thank you for you guys are the reason support. that we do this though. Really like, thank you. And without, if you, you could see, if you could see our text messages when like, even we get a subscriber, yo, it's like we won the lottery. Literally. Like, like when we get like, one sub, we're so happy. Yo. And that's what I'm saying. Like it literally, I don't think drastically so much is so amazing. I don't think anyone really realizes unless you're a YouTube or anything kind of content creator like that you want to do this like it really it it just it means so much and like I can't thank everyone enough like I said it makes me so happy I know it makes Matt happy as hell so thank you all right Peter until next time I'm going to do what you normally do that's Peter Andrew Sandy right there with the three chains around his neck iced out VVS's it's Matthew Garber speaking right now and until next time Peter hit us what up <laughs>